Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Our guest today is Karen Whitmire, a renowned author from Texas with a master's degree in psychology and a string of best-selling books to her name. Karen's latest release fairest of heart has been creating quite a buzz. So, Kerry, welcome to the RV. Thank you so much. I'm excited to join you on your trip to Texas. Yes, I love Texas. Actually, you were born in California. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. I came to Texas to go to school at Abilene Christian University, and I met my husband here, and I just never left. I just became part of Texas, and now I've raised three babies in Texas, and they're all grown up, so I feel like I'm more Texan than Californian now. You had no problems. No problems at all. I do miss um, mountains and uh, big trees where I am in, in West Texas. It's very flat and um, not many trees, but I tell you, the sunsets are gorgeous. So I, I'm very happy to be here. Mm -hmm. And Karen, as you approach 31 years of marriage and witness your children growing up and entering into the world, how does it feel to have an empty nest house? It's been an adjustment for me there. Um, you know, my mama's heart is, is still very attached to my children and I still miss them when they're not around. But there's some nice advantages, too. We actually just got new carpeting in our house. Um, and so that was a, a very fun thing. And I'm for the very first time, I'm getting my own writing office. I've never had my own space. I've always just sat on my bed in my bedroom with my computer in my lap and used that as my writing space. And now that um, one of my children is married and has their own house, another one is uh, working on a PhD down at uh, Texas A&M. Um, so I have some free space and I'm excited to have my own writing office. It's very exciting. And Karen, what inspired you to transition from your background in psychology to becoming a successful full-time writer? I don't know if you're a full-time writer, but the impression I had was that. So I actually still work a day job. I, in my mind, I have two full-time jobs. I write full-time and um, I work at the university full-time. So I feel like I'm carrying two things that have equal time commitments. 
Um, but I tell you, my psychology background actually is very helpful in developing characters and understanding how characters relate to one another um, and all of that. So I'm actually not using my psychology degree in a professional capacity. I'm not a counselor or anything like that, but I think the training is not going to waste. I think I'm, I'm subconsciously using it as I develop my characters and plot my stories. And how did you first discover your passion for writing Christian historical romance novels? So I um, have a little bit of a different story than many writers. I was not um, a little girl who always loved to write stories and kept a journal or a diary. Um, I just loved to read. I would go to the library and big bring big home big. I would bring home big stacks of books to just read through and and hide in my room and just get lost in in another place and another time. Um, and I just loved that idea of of reading and never really thought that I would someday become an author. Um, as I grew up and went through school and went through college and different people started uh, telling me, you know, you're a really strong writer. You should you should develop that skill. I started to think, well, maybe someday, maybe someday I'll try my hand at writing, but it was still a very murky dream way off in the future um, until I um, had graduated with my master's degree, We'd been married to my husband. We had uh, three little kids all under the age of five, and I was a stay-at-home mom. And all of a sudden, we found out that my husband, uh, his position had been cut, and he was going to have to find another job. And of course, I had this moment of panic of, we can't both be unemployed. You know, we have to do something to contribute to the family income. And so here was that aha moment. Okay, you should write a book, and surely you can make money right away at that. I was so naive, um, didn't realize that it was going to take me six years to actually sign my first book contract, but that was the little kick in the pants that I needed to actually turn that wishy-washy dream of someday into reality and just, you know what, now we need to sit down and we need to get busy with this. In the meantime, I did go back to work um, in a, a J job, um, but that writing bug never really left, and so I'm still, you know doing it now and loving every minute of it. And I'm glad that I got that little kick in the pants. Wow, congratulations. I love to hear these stories. And actually, I want to know, how did you feel after you published your first novel? It it was amazing. Um, I, it was one of those things that it's it doesn't really feel real until it has time to kind of sink in. It was kind of funny the way my first book came around. Um, I had, you know, as an unpublished author, I was trying to do everything I could to learn the industry. I would, uh, you know, read craft books. I would be with critique partners. I joined local writing groups. Um, I joined national organizations and started going to their conferences. And um, as it turned out in 2007, there was a conference in uh, Dallas for the American Christian Fiction Writers Conference. And I had my first draft of my first full-length manuscript finished, and I was so excited. So I went and I, I had a chance to, to talk about it. And um, one of the, the nice ladies that I talked to was an editor at uh, Bethany House, which was my ideal publisher. Um, they do wonderful historical fiction. And um, so there, it was so funny. Um, I went early as a volunteer since I live close to Dallas. And um, I was just stuffing envelopes in this room. I didn't know anybody. I didn't really have anything to say. I was kind of introverted. And I happened to be standing right next to another woman who was also stuffing envelopes. Her name happened to be Karen, 
my name was Karen. I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. Had no idea who she was. It turns out she was Karen Schurer of Bethany House. Yes. Who knew, right? God just put us together. It was perfect. And I was I was too embarrassed or too shy to say anything about my book at that time. Um, but later at the conference, I sat at her table um, for a meal, and she allowed everybody at the table to kind of give our 30-second pitch of our stories. And she smiled and was very polite. And um, it would have just ended with that, except there was one brave lady at the table who asked, can we send you our proposals? And she was very kind and said, yes, go ahead. Just say that you were at my lunch table. And so you better believe as soon as I got home, I was sending off that proposal. And um, she she read it and she said, you know, this is great. Send me the full manuscript. So I sent the full manuscript in and I just I just knew God had put everything in place. And then I got rejected. <laughs> this You have to have tough skin in this business because there's a lot of rejection that goes along with it. But I tell you, it was the best rejection I could have gotten because what she said was, we really like your writing, but this particular story has an element that's too similar to something we recently published. But there's something we really like about this book. There's a dress shop. Could you create us a story around this dress shop? And I thought to myself, in the original story that I wrote, the dress shop burned to the ground on page four. So it's not like I could just change a few things about the story. I had to start from scratch, but I had my foot in the door and there was no way I was going to waste that opportunity. So I went to work and I wrote a book about a dress shop. And sure enough, that became my debut novel, um, A Tailor-Made Bride that released in, in two, 2010. So it was just, everything just fit together perfectly. It was wonderful. I love this story. That's fascinating. You didn't give up. Your upcoming book is entitled Fairest of Heart. So how you adapted this Snow White fairy tale to the Western setting? So can you tell us a little bit about this book? Absolutely. So as I was growing up, you know, as a young kid, I, I loved Disney movies, right? You know, we would we would go to Disneyland occasionally. I would have I had a little plastic Fisher Price record player with the records that they would play and tell the story and sing the songs. And I just loved everything about it. I just princesses and, you know, handsome um, courageous princes that would slay the dragons for you. And, you know, all of that. It was just so wonderful. I just loved the idea um, of this happily ever after, you know, storyline. And I think that's why I was so attracted to the romance genre in itself is because that was built off of fairy tales was that idea of, you know, two people overcoming obstacles and, and love, you know, being triumphant in the end and, and all of that. And so I, you know, all of my novels to some extent have a touch of a fairy tale, um, piece to them just because of that romance and that happily ever after um, element. But I really thought it would be fun to try to take classic fairy tales that would be recognizable and give them a Texas twist, so to speak. So I've, you know, I've read some wonderful um, fairy tale retellings that were done in like set in medieval times or set in kind of a fantasy world or um, contemporary retellings. But I hadn't really ever seen one done in the Western genre. And so I thought, well, this might be kind of a unique area um, to, to try a fairy tale retelling and, and have fun with that. And so I decided that Snow White is probably 
one of the most iconic, easily recognizable fairy tales, um, not only because of, of, you know, the heroine and what she looks like, um, but you have those seven dwarfs and they are just so fun. They each have their own character and they play off each other and they're very protective of Snow White and all of that. And so I had so much fun creating a story um, that is really its own story. It, it, it There's a Texas Ranger who's the hero, so he's not a prince, you know, <laughs> um, but his last name is Kingsley. So we kind of have a little nod to royalty there. And the heroine's name is Penelope Snow. So we have Snow as kind of, you know, the nod to Snow White. And um, of course, we had to have a, a villainess. Um, so she's not an evil queen, but she loves mirrors, right? And so she's she is a, a, an actress who is very fond of of keeping her beauty and using her beauty to uh, manipulate men and to get what she wants and further her career and that kind of thing. And so there's some. Uh, some back and forth between um, her using her beauty for you know evil purposes and Snow White being naturally beauty uh, beautiful but trying to you know have that pure heart that is where the true beauty comes from, and uh, so playing off of all those ideas and um, the seven dwarfs I think were probably the thing I had the most fun with. Um, so they are actually seven retired cowboys who live at the Diamond D Ranch. Um, and so I just, I had so much fun, you know, pulling in the the mining. We have actually some missing jewels that the Texas Ranger is trying to find. Um, so a lot of nods to the original um, fairy tale, um, but still told with a unique uh, story that stands on its own, even without all of the fairy tale influence. If the seven cowboys, the seven dwarfs, uh, were to form their own cowboy band. <laughs> what would their, their band name be? And what kind of music would they play? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, well, they would have to play some kind of bluegrass or, or country style music. I can I can see the the washboard and the spoons and the mouth harp. <laughs> There's probably a banjo in there somewhere. Um, yeah, that would be that would be so fun. I'm sure they would they would they would have a grand old time. They'd be stomping their feet and they <laughs> they'd be, they probably couldn't sing really well, but they would sing with a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> What about the ranger's melodies? Oh, the ranger. Let's see. Ranchers' melodies, like they would serenade all the Oh, the ranchers melodies. Yes, yes. Serenading. Yes. I can see some classic there. Um, so you know, throwback to the old 50s uh style Western music. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know more. Can you share with us? a little bit more about Penelope's personality. Sure. Um, so Penelope, um, like I said, she is very naturally beautiful, but she has a history. Um, she was abandoned as a baby on the doorsteps of a girl's school. And so she was raised kind of on the charity of others. And so has, um, she carries 
some insecurities with her of, of not really having a family of her own, not really uh, having a place to belong. And um, she had been taken advantage of because of her beauty in the past. So she tries to hide her beauty um, more than letting it be seen. And so she does have um, this humble spirit. She also is a very tenderhearted because she knows what it means to be discarded uh, by the world. She has a, a very high sense of compassion for others who have experienced um, rejection or um, cruelty and that kind of thing. She especially has a tender heart towards animals. Um, there's a, a dog that is injured at the beginning of the movie and or movie <laughs> at the beginning of the book um, that she really, you know, bonds with and has this strong relationship with. And of course she's very drawn to the, um, to the, the seven grandfathers is what she calls them. You know, the, the seven uh, drovers there at the, at the ranch, because they are all retired cowboys that have no place else to go. And so they've kind of congregated together at this ranch. And so she, she really has a lot of compassion and uh, a purity of heart about her, um, which plays, you know, has that dichotomy with um, the villainess who is very manipulative and selfish and, you know, that kind of thing. And as an author, how do you balance the historical accuracy of the time period with creating compelling and relatable characters and stories? I believe you have to research a lot. Yes, yes. There is a lot of research that goes into every book. I need to research um, the occupations of the characters, the setting, the physical setting, um, you know, how they got around. I, I have a, a wonderful um, map from, I think it's from the 1890s that show um, all the railroads that go through Texas. And so not only do I see where the railroad is, but I see the names of all these towns, some of which don't actually exist anymore. And so it's really fun to dig into that. And since I had a Texas Ranger hero, um, kind of what inspired him was a few years ago, my daughter and I took a trip, a weekend trip to Waco, and they have the Texas Ranger Museum there. And we went and visited that place and found all kinds of wonderful information. Um, and so a lot of that just kind of, it just kind of lived in my brain for a few years. And then finally, you know, found the right story. This is where all of that information is going to come out and, and be put to use. And so a lot of times the research kind of happens that way. I stumble across something and it just kind of percolates in the back of the brain for a little while. And then I find the right story and the right elements to bring that uh, to light. But in addition to all of that research, I also still want it to be a story that relates to the modern reader, right? So um, even though they get to, to transport themselves to, you know, a historical place and time, I want it to still resonate um, today. And so I, I um, even though I try to be very authentic to the time period, I also want to make sure that the themes and um, I, I give my heroine, even though uh, I was talking about how she's she's kind of shy and, and humble, yet she has a really strong backbone. And she she loves to stand up for the downtrodden and stand up for what she believes in. And so she has that, that feisty spirit that I really admire and uh, hope to emulate myself in my own life. So I try to add those kind of elements too, so that the modern reader still feels like they can relate to the characters in the story. I, I can't wait to read it. I hope you enjoy it when you do. We are sure. And I want to know, do your kids read your books? 
My daughter does. My daughter has read everything I've ever written. And so that's really fun. Um, my, uh, she's my oldest. My next uh, child is, is my son. And he actually just got married a year ago and celebrated his one year anniversary uh, just a couple weeks ago. And this book, uh, his, his wife um, actually is a huge Disney fan. She loves everything Disney. And so when I realized I was going to do fairy tale retellings, I knew I wanted to dedicate one to them. And so this book is actually dedicated uh, to them. And uh, it, it, the timing worked out perfect. I, was, I just got my author copies a couple days before they celebrated their first wedding anniversary. So I was able to give them a copy of that. Um, and so she has read a few of my books as well. None of the men in my family have read any of my books, but that is okay because they are still very supportive in other ways. And romance is not for everybody. So I, I'm not offended if they don't, if they aren't interested. <laughs> I love romance. I'm a, how can I say? There is an expression in English. I'm a hopeless. Hopeless ro romantic. Yes. <laughs> I am too. Do you have a favorite princess? Well, I would probably have to choose Belle from Beauty and the Beast because yeah. she she loves the library as much as she loves him. So, <laughs> so any book-loving princess has to be number one. <laughs> yeah. Belle is my favorite princess. My daughter loves Ariel. Yes. But Belle is my favorite. <laughs> my husband actually um, courted me with um, lyrics from Kiss the Girl from The Little Mermaid. Um, when we were dating, we had seen that movie. Uh, that's how old I am. We had seen that movie in the theaters. And then um, while we were separated over the summer, because we met at, at college and I went home over the summer um he would write me letters and he wrote me a letter that all it had were the lyrics to kiss the girl <laughs> so that is also a special a special one in my heart yeah. hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Karen, how do you stay motivated and inspired to write, especially during times when creativity might feel challenging? For me, I think I am more nervous when I'm starting a brand new project and I have to come up with all the ideas of what's going to happen in the plot, who the characters are. That part, it's very exciting to do because it's, it's new and it's fresh, but it, I also feel nervous about is this book going to be as good as some of the ones I've done before or is it going to you know is it going to flop is it going to you know and so I have all those doubts and those insecurities that creep up there at the beginning um and then usually once I get started I feel pretty good until I get like in the middle and then all those insecurities start creeping back up again and then I finally get it finished and then I'm like oh, okay it's done I can turn it in you know and um and then, you know, you have to go through rewrites and all of that. And then you put it out there for the world to see and all those insecurities creep back again. What if nobody likes it? You know, all that. Um, and then, you know, finally, hopefully people like it and, it and it goes well. So it's kind of this roller coaster up and down. 
Um, but as far as just like coming up with ideas and where do I get my inspiration? Um, a lot of it comes from different places. I, I fill my creative well by consuming the creativity of others. So by reading other books, watching movies, uh, seeing television shows, um, listening to music, um, you know, there's a lot of, of ways to kind of fill that creative well. And um, a lot of times I'll get some kind of a spark of, ooh, I could do something with that and twist it and make it something completely different than what it started out originally. But it was just that little spark that gave me the idea of, and then you start saying, what if such and such happened? And what if such and such happened? And then what if this happened? And and you just kind of keep spinning it and spinning it until it turns into to something fresh and new. What are some of the key themes or let's say messages you hope readers will take away from fairest of heart? One of the, the biggest overarching um, themes is um, the idea of family and belonging. And it doesn't have to be your biological family. It can be the friends that you surround yourself with. It can be a church family. It can be an adoptive family. It can be your biological family. But, um, you know, Penelope in this story, she started off abandoned, right? And she um, she had to, she hungered for connection and for belonging. Um, and she finally found it. Um, with uh, Titus and with um, these seven drovers at this uh, branch. And uh, Titus too, he had some some struggle with his, he had a good relationship with his with his parents, but he lost his brother early on and that really scarred him. And he, he didn't want to trust anybody. He didn't want to let anybody close anymore. Um, but we as humans, we need that connection. Even if we're afraid of the pain, we really need to connect with other people. And so finding that connection, finding that way um, to find your own home, however you define home, you know, with, with the people you love, um, is really kind of the big overarching theme. Um, there's also sub themes about, um, you know, pursuing, uh, honesty and integrity, even when it's difficult, even when you're being persecuted, um, standing up for what's right, uh, helping those who are down, uh, downtrodden, you know, that kind of thing. There's a lot of those messages as well. Um, but I, with all my stories, I want to leave, the reader feeling uplifted, feeling full of hope, um, feeling like love really can conquer all and not just in a romantic sense, but in a, you know, we, we are all supposed to be helping each other overcome obstacles. And that's how we show love to one another. So on your website, it's evident that you strongly believe in the power of happy endings. Yes. I think today's world especially is it's it's so full of negative messages and I think the more that we can uplift one another and encourage one another and and help each other through hard times um I think that just makes us stronger instead of trying to tear each other down so totally and Karen where can we find you and of course your books so the best way to find uh, information about me and my books is on my website, which is karenwittemeyer.com. Um, and that's the, you'll find like, everything about my books there and about uh, me and how to connect with me. Um, one of the best places, if you want to actually interact with me, um, is through my Facebook group. It's called The Posse. 
And we have a really fun group. We're all book lovers and uh, we enjoy chatting with one another. Um, a lot of times I get my uh, my posse members to help me brainstorm ideas for my stories. They help me design who my characters are going to be and what they're going to look like. Sometimes I get their help on, on what to name my characters. In fact, when I was looking for... Um, cowboy names for my seven dwarfs i i asked them for help on okay i want some names that are are cowboy names i don't want you know sneezy and dopey and you know <laughs> that kind of thing i want cowboy names but i want them to you know have some kind of relation uh to the original you know cast of dwarves and they helped me come up with um dusty for sneezy which to me i thought was perfect and then um coy for bashful because coy is actually a synonym for bashful and of course we had doc already because we have a doctor who's kind of the in charge of all these guys so they they were really instrumental in helping me you know come up with these these names and so it's really kind of a team effort i i enjoy reaching out to them and and getting their input on my stories um and in return you know i i try to um offer them stories that they will enjoy and want to share with their friends and family as well i'm going to subscribe yay karen thank you very very much for your time for your kindness and beautiful smile thank you so much for inviting me to come along with you in your rv i've had so much fun also for our listeners first thank you for tuning in and i want to tell you that karen will be featured in our magazine in june the relatable voice magazine Thank you again, Karen, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening, and remember... Relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.